Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Good afternoon on a beautiful Monday and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined as always by producers Jihei Wiley and Armani Buckets. How are we doing on this glorious Monday? I mean, better than that dunk contest. Oh, (laughs) absolutely. I mean, that one was really bad. I mean, I don't know what they can do to be more creative, but that was bad. It was boring. I I don't think the creativity was like a major issue for me. I think it was just, man, you guys just got to get your dunks off. Like, you can't keep us waiting for, you know, ever. (laughs) Like, I I don't know. Can I just tell you the highlight of that was uh, there's this clip of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar disgusted, like grabbing his jacket, leaving like (laughs) mid to dunk it. I don't even know if that dunk was made, probably was missed. He was just like, like, I can't leave this. I'm just going to get it. But it does seem like every few years we're in this position where like scrap the dunk contest. What do we do with the dunk contest? It really comes down to who's competing in the dunk contest, right? Because, you know, if it's Zach Levine, if it's Aaron Gordon, if it's people that we know, if it's great dunks, we love it. We love it. And we got lucky there for a few years recently where the slam dunk contest had reached back to where it was before, where it was like Michael Jordan and Dominique Wilkins. And like that was the highlight of the weekend. This one set us way back to, I forgot what, maybe like like 15 years ago, there was a thought... And I got to double check this, where they like either did not have the slam dunk contest or totally reimagined it. And I get it. But th- this one was bad. This one set us right back to, to the point where people are saying, why are we e- why are we even watching this right now? So I'm OK with the, the dunk contest still being a part of all star sure. break. But you got to shift it like the three point contest was more exciting. Yeah. Right. Then. So that maybe that should be at the forefront. They're talking about like flipping um, the order. So yeah, I I would be fine with that. I don't know if everybody else would be. I know that I, uh, there's a lot of you know people giving that crap about like no, we can't do that. Like the dunk contest has always been at the forefront. It's always like the very end. I think if you switch it, try it for one year, and then if it doesn't work, then it doesn't Wait, work. Wait, so you're saying that it they should have it, but at the b- beginning of the day, or, or like in the middle. Like they should have it Listen, in the if you're going to have the slam dunk contest, you kind of have to have it at the end, unless you think the three-point contest is going to be this amazing event. I mean, you want, ideally, if you're going to have a slam dunk contest, you're going to end with this amazing dunk, like everyone's holding up the 10, and it's, and it's like a perfect finish to, to, the, to the night. The way that it's gone, at least this one, was so bad. And I forgot a year ago. A year ago, it was, it was like half so, yeah. so we've had two straight really bad ones. Generally, when we have three straight, then they begin to like relook at it. GH, to your point, like, do we have it at the middle of the, of the Saturday night events? I really think it just comes down to who they get to compete again. And I think if you get a big-time sponsor saying, and I know these guys make a ton of money, but I'm just saying, like, if you get a big-time sponsor to say, if you win the dunk contest, you win $2 million or a million or so, then I think that that raises the bar somewhat. You know, I'm still bummed after all these years and it won't happen now. Like, like LeBron was always supposed to compete in one of them. And he loves the history of the game. For some reason, at some point in time, this became an event that so many guys did not want to compete in. And right now, two straight, really terrible contests... 
I, I, it comes down to who you can get to compete in this competition. If you could both pick one player, who would it be that you would want to see currently? Obviously, LeBron at age 37 would be tough. But if there's one person currently, because mine would be Ja. I would love oh, to ja see Moran? Ja Oh, John Moran, for sure. And by the way, he had, he had the dunk of the weekend in yeah. the game, which is not a surprise. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think John. I mean, now, now I was trying to think like, who would I want to see? But like, you would need that superstar type of a player. But here's the other thing: is that when guys win one or they're in like a really good two-year run, there, that's it. They, they don't want to be thinking about it during the course of the weekend. And so, if you get um, a John Morant and he wins, that's it. He's one and done. And so now you got to go back to the drawing board to see who we can get to compete in in this competition. I think it helps when you're familiar with the players. I think it helps. You know, it's never going to be back in the day what it was. I mean, the height of it was like Michael Jordan, Dr. J, Dominique. I mean, you had the best of the best competing in this competition. And I think what it's become now, and it can change. The Zach Levine and, and Gordon competition showed us that it just takes one competition yeah. to change things but yeah it's really bad I mean two, but, but two years ago it was good the one that we had in Chicago was, was really good. good yes it was so it can happen I mean here's the thing though too is that you, you mentioned you know the two years ago in Chicago the all-star game once you get uh, once you that huge controversial call of like not like yeah. some people got robbed in that particular. Who was that? Was that Paul Pierce or Dwayne Wade? Dwayne, 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 Wade. Dwayne Wade messed that up. Yeah. yeah. So like the second that that happens, and then that's when you deter some people from being like, well, if that's gonna happen again, I don't want to be in that. You yeah. know, a part of that whole entire thing. Like, I'd rather just enjoy my week off of, you know, of practice and everything else, and just like enjoy time with my family if I'm not a part of the All Star weekend. You know, so I don't, I don't know. It's it's. It's a huge snub, you know, yeah. especially when you work that hard to be that creative, to be like, yeah. you know what? I'm going to put my A game out. Like, I want to win this trophy. And then it's all for naught. Because, not. like, the judges don't care, and they should. But, like, when you have, you know, celebrities or Dwayne Wade, and I forgot what happened there where he made a deal. or I mean, you know, like, that was such such a terrible score. And so it's not an official judge. It's like, hey, well, welcome uh, Candace Parker and Dwayne Wade and all these people. And it's like... Maybe they want to go home, so it's not going to be a tie, and it's just—it's not good. It's not good. Um, so much happened. So many interesting stories. A lot of it not even con- concerning the game. So the game happened in Cleveland, and for the first time since LeBron's been here, I did not feel he was a Laker. I, I, I just, I just for, for the first time since he's been a Laker, I felt, okay, he's not going to retire with the Lakers. He's not long for Los Angeles. He's going to go back to Cleveland. We do have to get into the most interesting story, and LeBron talked about this. He basically confirmed what a lot of people have been talking about for years, where he said his last season in the league will be played with his son, Bronny. Now, Bronny right now is not one of those players right now. He is a junior going to be a senior at Sierra Canyon, right? And so, uh, you know, he's not one of these players. I mean, he's very good. He's going to obviously get many D1 scholarships. That's not even a question. Uh, there's, There's not a feeling right now that if he were to come out that he would get drafted. Now, if LeBron's saying, I would join my son wherever he gets drafted, I don't care about finances. You could essentially sign him to a minimum contract. 
All of a sudden, Bronny James becomes like the number one pick in the draft, depending on who has the uh, top pick because of this. You could always draft a player that you think is the best player in this draft, and he could turn out to be a bust. That happens. If LeBron James ties himself to his son, you're at least getting LeBron for one year. And all that comes with that in terms of, you know, ticket sales, jersey sales, all that. Um, the amount of pressure that puts on his son, though, is incredible. And I don't even know, like, we haven't heard from Bronny. I don't know how much media he does. I know when I tried to cover him a couple of years ago when they actually had a media day. They actually, that high school team has a media day. They have a PR director and all that good stuff. Um, I wonder to what extent, like, like he's comfortable with all this. You know, because I would think if I'm Bronny, like, there's already that pressure of being LeBron's son. That's there. No matter where you play, that's there. All of a sudden now, Bronny James, who, if he's not tied to his father, would not be a draft pick, or if he was a draft pick, would, would be maybe a late first round, you know, sex, a, a late first round, early second round pick is all of a sudden now the number one pick in the draft because of this, you know, handshake agreement that LeBron would be going with his son. The amount of pressure that puts on him, it's like... So if he is the number one pick in the draft and he turns out to be an okay player, not a great player, and it's like you look at who they passed up at the number two, three, four, five picks because LeBron had one year there. I mean, for me, I would not want my father being right next to me in my first day at the job. Like, I would be be happy to play against him, right? You know, like, like that would be two games that would circle on my calendar or four games, depending on what conference um, he's in. But the pressure that this puts on Bronny, I I don't think no one's really talked about that because they they think it's such a cool story. And I, I don't know... To A, what extent Bronny's comfortable with that, but B, like, I, I don't think we'll fully know the truth because he's, he's not going to come out to say, like, I don't want to play with my dad. But I mean, a part of it's got to be like, can I do my own thing? Like, because the way, like, everyone's thinking is right now, Bronny's going to get drafted by Cleveland, and then LeBron will join him in Cleveland for one year, and then he passes the torch to Bronny. I mean, Who's to say Bronny's going to be this like amazing player? And I and I hope he is. But I mean, the, the pressure that LeBron's putting on him by saying, "I'm going to finish my career by playing with my son, no matter where he goes." Like wink, wink. Like if you want me to join your team, just draft my son. Um, I don't know. I just think there's a ton of pressure that you're putting on the kid. Where the pressure is inherently there. You don't have to put more. I mean, he's put a ton more pressure on him I think I th- I think I'm just playing devil's advocate sure. here because I totally agree with you I think that you know Bronny wants to be his own guy I, who wants dad to come to work with you to go you on know? the road yeah I'm no but, but let's just play devil's advocate really quick he's born with the pressure so like that's, second, that's already there. Yeah, the pressure's already Inherently there. Inherently there. So I don't think, I think like the only person that really can put pressure on Bronny is Bronny. So I, I think that in, again, just playing devil's advocate, because again, I don't think that he wants his, I wouldn't want my dad. No, but like, don't I love you my dad, think that this puts more pressure? Because there's, no. there's, there's the pressure of, okay, I get drafted by the, but, but I get drafted by the Sacramento Kings. I'm Bronny James. I'm the uh, number one pick of the draft from the Kings, and I'm there. And so I, 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 my dad's with the Lakers. I'm gonna have to play him a couple of times, but I'm my own guy in Sacramento. I'm, you know, I got my own house there. I'm on the road, but by myself. So I got that pressure, but like I don't have to live with it like every single day. 
So now I'm with the Sacramento Kings. My dad signs a one-year minimum contract to join the Kings because that was sort of the wink-wink handshake agreement. You don't think that there's more pressure now that, like, my dad's a lot, like, my dad's in the locker next to me. We're doing post-game press conferences together. We're going on the road where I'm supposed to become, like, this man all of a sudden, like, doing all the things that, like, a young man does on the road. Now my dad's there saying, like, are you coming back to the hotel because, like, you shouldn't be out doing that. Like, there's infinitely more pressure. I, I don't know how you could not have more pressure than your, like, so there's the pressure of your last name, but you're on your own. Your dad's in Los Angeles. You're in somewhere else. And then there's the pressure of, like, my dad's literally dressing right next to me in the locker room. We're on the team flights next to each other. We're on the roads next to each other. Uh, wherever I get my house, he's going to want to be checking in on me. I don't know. I mean, I, I, well, the, the example I'll give, Doc Rivers making the trade for his son. So Austin Rivers already had the pressure of being Doc's son. The story that wasn't really covered a ton at the time was like they weren't really that close. You know, you know, Doc was doing his thing in Boston, and Dawson was at Duke, right? Am I Duke? No. Yeah, Duke. Yes. I mean, like the the Doc was as as much of a part of his life as he could, but they weren't that close. You make the trade, and all of a sudden the jokes start, and you know, you know, you're you're coaching your son and I mean like that was the focus and the dad questions every single night and it did add pressure there's there's I mean there's the pressure of having his last name and there's the pressure of being on the same team there is a, a ton more pressure yeah but there's a difference between being Doc Rivers kid and being LeBron James so I'm just kid. saying that pressure is heightened now that they're on the same team and it's not like LeBron's his coach LeBron's literally his teammate so like they're on the floor together and I mean, yeah, there's, there's just a ton more pressure. Let me bring you The other on. part of this is that we don't know what LeBron is going to look like at age 39. Well, that's the other thing. What if he, like, there, there's this whole talk this season of, well, why don't the Cavs, if, if the Lakers are going nowhere, <laughs> would they put LeBron on the trade block? That was a conversation. And then I was reading, you know, on Twitter, Cleveland Cavaliers fans were like, no, oh, we're good. We're good. We like the What's direction. So ridiculous? I mean, the dep depending on what the trade is, like I, clearly, obviously, this is a trade that you would be making for like a, a two year period. But LeBron is still he can still help. You know, I mean, beyond help. I mean, he's still a top five player. I think. Yeah, but I think also what, once he won that championship for Cleveland, they were fine. They were They're fine. Good. They're yeah. like, we're There's not a contentious thing anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm saying what if you have like a youth movement going on and your right. GM is not even looking to add a LeBron and then all of a sudden. But he likes Bronny. He likes Bronny. And then Bronny sign or Bronny gets drafted by a certain team. Let's say they're going super young. And they have no interest in LeBron. What what happens then? I just find it hard to believe that there wouldn't be a team that would want LeBron on a minimum contract if he takes over a, you know, player coach role. But here's the thing: when you sign LeBron, as all these teams know, you bring in the LeBron production, exactly. which is I'm not just going to be a a veteran player. I'm bringing in, um, I'm bringing in Rich Paul. I'm bringing in Maverick. I'm bringing in my security guys. I'm bringing my team. Like we are, we are taking over the operations of this program. And we're trading this guy for a vet, and we're trading yeah. this kid yeah. for another. Now, so to what extent LeBron's comfortable taking on that role of? Listen, we're drafting your son, and we're happy to take you on. 
Like, I don't think it's going to get to that point. I think LeBron, as we sit here today, just hit the game-winning shot in the All-Star game. He's still one of the top five players in the world. I think he'll be like Tom Brady when he retires. I think he'll still be a very good player, top five, top 10, top 15 players. So I guess what I'm saying, though, is to what extent does Bronny want that pressure of like, okay, listen, I want to be drafted. I want to do my own thing. Are you going to allow me to do that? Because like, there, there's no way LeBron's going to be comfortable just being a part of a team. He's going to be that coach. So if if you're if you're in a position to have the n- number one pick in the draft, um, you're probably a, a young team. You're doing a youth movement. So now you're going to bring in like LeBron to that youth movement. And I can't imagine him being that coach, player, sixth man. Just you know, th- this is his role. Like he, this is my team. And we saw LeBron with a youth movement when he came to L.A. And what happened there? So that's another. I I just think that the thing is, again, when you add LeBron to your roster, you basically, as a GM, are making a handshake agreement. We don't know if he will be like this into his late 30s, early 40s. But everywhere he's gone, LeBron has had a say on the roster construction. And if you're a really, really bad team, chances are you don't want to expedite and speed up the process of the rebuild. You want to take it slowly and steadily. But LeBron, history shows he's not willing to do that. So that's my question is, yes, the pressure would be probably amplified on Bronny. But on the GM of the team that is willing to draft Bronny, if you're making that handshake agreement that we're also signing LeBron, you're basically doing a deal with a guy at age 40 that could cost you your job if things don't sure. go well in a year or two. And that's where... And I- you know what, what LeBron probably thinks is going to be like when Chris Paul went to the Thunder and everyone's like, you know, oh, Chris Paul is going to this like young team. And like, listen, LeBron has no expectations of being on a championship team with this, with this team. But he thinks like, maybe I, I, I could help them learn. We can make the playoffs. We can make a run. And then that, that's it, you know. But... The dynamics of being in a locker room with your uh, dad, I guess. So, you know, th- there are things that you want to do on the road. Just, I, I want to hear from the both of you, the dynamics of that, Jihei. The, so the dynamics of now, I'm going to be doing these player-only things with my dad, or we're going to be doing these team bonding things, and, like, and my dad's going to be here. And obviously, my teammates are going to give me crap, jokingly or not. Or what, I mean, listen, my dad's LeBron James, but, like, you're in this weird dynamic of your dad isn't there with you 24-7. Well, I mean, I don't think he's going to be with him 24-7, but like... But to, okay, but, to but whatever yes, extent a, a teammate lot, is a with you. Yeah, yeah, a lot. First, before I answer this question, I want to shout out Harvard Westlake for defeating Bronny James and Sierra Canyon uh, to, advance their first, yeah, to advance to their first CIF um, 1A, whatever, uh, uh, playoff. Real quick, Harvard Westlake back in the day, when I was at Notre Dame, had the Collins Twins. We did not have a chance. When you talk about like a little mm-hmm. Catholic school, <laughs> the Collins Twins were there. But anyways. Okay. So um, <laughs> I just wanted to shout them out, give them their due, because uh-huh. kudos to them. Love those highlights. Um, anyways, yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be an up, it's going to be an uphill battle for him regardless, because going into the league, he's looked at his LeBron James's kid. If his dad, like he, he's damned if he does, he's damned if he doesn't. Yeah. So I, I think no offense, I think he's screwed. <laughs> so it's just I, tough. I mean, because yeah, it's gonna be how he how he handles it and how he's able to handle it. So and I think he'll be fine because he's been prepped for this his whole entire he life. Has been. I think he'll be fine. I, I think that we're putting a little too much stock in this, and I think he'll be okay. Yeah, I I just want to 
you know, and I'm sure this is a conversation LeBron has had with him. I, I just want to be, you know, I want him to kind of, you know, be okay with it, which I'm sure he is. Again, LeBron's having a conversation with his dad, but it's like, I'm just thinking how most people would react if their dad joined them at their job. And that's just a normal son, father, the dynamic. Now you're doing the whole dynamic of you're LeBron's kid. And it's just a lot to live with when it's like, I'm Bronny. And it's like, oh, you're LeBron's son. It's like, well, I'm also Bronny James. Like, that's Yeah, me. like I'm my own person. I'm my own person. <laughs> so he'll, you know, he's going to go through that. and, and But um, it's an interesting dynamic. And again, it, we, we kind of see it play out. But this was, again, my, my, my first time watching LeBron and saying he's probably not long for Los Angeles, probably not long for the Lakers. LeBron James, however, did hit the game-winning shot. To help Team LeBron, he's now 5-0 in these All-Star games. Uh, Steph Curry winning the first ever Kobe Bryant trophy. And we didn't talk a ton about the game, but we will hear from LeBron James and Steph Curry when when we come back. This was a fun All-Star weekend in Cleveland. Uh, So let's leave it there for now. When we come back again, as I mentioned, we will hear from LeBron James and Steph Curry when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and The Fan in Las Vegas. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. And now a word from our newest sponsor, NordVPN. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe that's B L E A V to get up to 70% off your Nord VPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. Do it now. And now let's go back to the show. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. And 98.5, the fan in Las Vegas. Again, Team LeBron comes out victorious for the fifth time. LeBron James now 5-0 in these All-Star games, um, hitting the game-winning shot in Cleveland. Steph Curry, however, almost, almost... Had the record for most points in a game. Just fell short, but did win the first ever trophy. The Kobe Bryant Most Valuable Player Trophy. Again, the trophy was named after Kobe two years ago. But this is the the first trophy that they made for him. It looks amazing. uh, Vanessa Bryant was there courtside. Uh, But again, tremendous all-star game. Uh, Let's now hear from LeBron James. And the first ever winner of the Kobe Bryant Most Valuable Player Trophy, Steph Curry. Uh, congrats for the winning basket. Uh, what was it, what was it like to score the final point in the All-Star game in Cleveland and also being celebrated as Man. one of the 75th uh, in the 70s? Yeah. Uh, to answer your first question, I, I, I'm, I couldn't have dreamt it. I could not have dreamed of that moment any better than the actuality that just happened. Uh, for me to be back here, you know, like I keep staying 35 minutes south of where I grew up here in Akron, Ohio. Um, to hit the game winner in the All-Star game where me and my guys back in the back, we you know, used to watch the All-Star game. And, you know, I remember 25 years ago, we was 12, 11, wishing that we had the opportunity or the means to come up to Cleveland and see some of the greatest basketball players of all time because they inspired us so much. Um, um, and for me to be here today, 
uh, for my best friends um, to be here, for my wife and my kids and my family, my mom, and so many people that um, seen me grow from a, a, a really a young toddler to who I am today. It was a, I couldn't even, I couldn't picture that moment any better. Um, to answer your second question, to, uh, to be a part of the 75 greatest basketball players that ever play, um, it just takes me back to my childhood once again, growing up in Spring Hill um, and having all my inspirations um, taped on my wall, Allen Iverson and, you know, Jason Kidd, Gary Payton, you know, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Oscar Robinson, you know, and to see those guys today and then be on stage with those guys, it is, uh, it is, you guys don't understand. You guys don't understand. I'm trying to make y'all understand as much as I can, but it's just, it's just crazy. Thank you. Well, Melissa in the front. Hey, Bron, over the last 19 years, um, whenever you've had a big moment in your career, you tweet a kid from Akron, or you say a kid from Akron. What does that phrase mean to you? Um, I mean, you can look back there. We all, we're literally all kids from Akron. I mean, we, um, we, we are a group of uh, young men who always felt like we was looked over, um, you know, because of, you know, the, 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 popularity and notoriety that cities like Cleveland and Columbus and Dayton and you know Canton even gets mentioned because of the Pro Football Hall of Fame and Cincinnati gets mentioned and we always felt like we was a flyover city um, so I just remind myself and, and remind my following and a group of fans and a group of people that follow my journey that you know I'm a kid from Akron or one of the kids from Akron that you know has made it and trying to make it possible for the next kid from Akron um, yeah that's what it's about. Jeff in the back left. Jeff Zilgit, USA Today. Um, Le LeBron, what was it like watching Steph, especially in, in the third quarter? And then uh, you're now 5-0 and as a, a captain of picking all-star teams. What's your strategy when it comes to picking a team? Uh, first of all, uh, well, I mean, Steph, I mean, come on, man. This guy is uh, from a different planet. Um, he literally has... Uh, automatic sniper connected to his arm and when he lets it go not only uh, himself but everybody on the floor in the stands on tv on their phones whatever you're watching on you think it's going in every time and uh, nine times out of ten sometimes ten times out of ten it does go in so to be out there and watch uh you know that kid from akron as well shoot the ball the way he shot it it was uh, unbelievable it was a uh, it's pretty cool. Jason on the second row. LeBron, it looked like you sought out Michael after the ceremony and you had a, a moment with him. What was that like for you? And can you share anything about uh, what you guys said? Let me switch you out. T, let me switch you out. Um, yeah, because out of the, it was so much chaos going on after we all kind of split. Um, I did not want to lose the opportunity to, uh, to shake the man's hand that inspired me throughout my childhood. Um, haven't had much dialogue with him in my 20 years or 19 years in this in this business, but part of me wouldn't be here without MJ's inspiration. Um, I always wanted to be like him growing up. Uh, you know, it's it's crazy that the game-winning shot tonight was a fadeaway, and it was inspired by MJ. Um, you know, the way he wore his shoes, the way he wore his uniform. I mean, all the way down to like some of the cars that he drove.
um, how much he inspired me, and um, I didn't want to waste that opportunity because we're just, we're we're just not in the we're not in the same building a lot, and haven't been in the same building a lot throughout my my career, and you know it meant something to me. Marla, next seat. Marla, right now our Akron Beacon Journal. Yeah, LeBron, just with everything that you've done with your old teammates for the whole week, just you said this was beyond your dream but I mean is this something you'll remember for the rest of your life I mean I, I hope the great health I hope so um, obviously health is the most important but I hope I will never forget this moment and um, you know it would be cool if uh, you know 20 25 years from now when they do the top 100 that is back here you know so um, yeah I'll, I'll probably never forget this moment it's something um, then I'm glad my kids got the witness, and um, you know, then when my grandkids show up at some point, you know, I'll be able to show them some footage um, of what their granddad was able to accomplish uh, when he played the game of basketball. Joe in the middle. Joe Varden, the athletic. LeBron, you've played here since you left, um, but the the reaction tonight uh, when you were introduced and you kind of threw up your arms and kind of let out that roar, what? How did that feel to you to sort of hear the the way that you were embraced here? Yeah, um, you know when they said you know uh, from from Akron, Ohio, the kid from Akron, Ohio, that was pretty cool. And then just hearing the, the the ovation that I got from these uh, from these fans here, um, you know they they seen eleven years uh, of my NBA career, um, and they saw pretty much I mean four years of my high school career, and some of them even followed me all the way back to when I started playing basketball at Summer Lake. You know, at the ARB, so that's uh, Akron Recreational Barrel. If you don't, if you don't know, but I'll tell you that anyways. Uh, so, some I, I mean, these guys have followed my journey, and uh, for me to be back here, like I said today, and for them to give me that well, that warm welcome, didn't only mean something to me, but it meant something to my family and my friends that's here, and my kids, my kids from my school is all all over this place, and. <laughs> Uh, it's just uh, super dope, super, 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 super dope, and I was very humbled and, and appreciative of that. David Aldridge. David Aldridge with The Athletic. Um, LeBron, you're right. We, we don't understand what that's like. If it's possible for you to try to explain what it was like to be in the middle of that grouping with every, um, well, not every player, but so many players of significance of the last 50, 60 years. Yeah, but even with the guys, David, uh, that was not here, you still felt their presence. You felt their presence on that stage. And um, I don't know. It, it would be like mm -hmm. going to your favorite musician's concert in, in the greatest stadium, and you're literally on stage with them while they're performing and the the sense of like I can't believe that I'm here that's the best way I could put it like I can't believe that I'm sitting next to Bruce Springsteen while he's playing in a stadium in London with 160,000 people or I'm in the garden with Jay-Z or whoever that person is you know I'm sitting here with Whitney Houston on stage and she's, you know, in a coliseum with 90,000 people and you're on stage. That's what it kind of felt like for me. 
I just couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Every time they would announce another name, I didn't even get an opportunity to like rejoice in the player that they had named. It was like Gary Payton. I was like, wow. And then Jay Kidd showed up. And then AI showed up. And then it was D-Wade, CP, and Steph. I was like, I was just, I was tripped out. I was tripped out. Last two, Dan and then Vinny. Le- LeBron, um, we've talked a lot this year about how tough and, and draining this season has been for you. Can you describe sort of the joy that you felt tonight and, and how, how much did you need that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, you can tell this is the most y'all going to get out of me for a long time because once I get back to the season, I'm getting back in my shelter mode. <laughs> but um, uh, listen, man, the joy of just being home, you know, um, I literally stayed back home in Akron all, all weekend while I was here. I see my guys, even though I see them, you know, when I come back home in the summer, we always link up, but it's just something special. We've never spent the all-star weekend, all of us together. Every last one of them was here. You know, Sheon, Willie, Drew, Frankie, Brandon, and Sheon, we were all here together, like for the first time. Um, and then, you know, having my mom in the building and having my wife and my kids here, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's just, uh, it's a, I mean, how much more can a man ask for, really? You know, when you have an opportunity to, like, live this moment with everybody that has seen you come up. And let me not forget Maverick, Rich, and Randy as well. You know, like, we all spent all our weekend together for the first time in my career. And I don't know if that ever happened again. So there's no no reason for me not to have joy. Vince, last question. Vince Gilroy, Yahoo Sports. LeBron, so many great players were here this weekend, the 75th anniversary and everything else, but only a few guys have had to carry the league. You're one of them. What does that responsibility mean to you, and do you see anybody coming down the pipeline or that's already here willing to do all the things that you've done as an ambassador? Um, <laughs> I mean, it's a responsibility for sure. Um, but somebody did it before me and put it in a position where it was my responsibility to make sure I kept it where it was and, and also make it even more grand and make it better than what it was and represent this league with the utmost respect. And, uh, you know, I'm seeing my brother Carmelo walk down the hall right there. Um, but just, you know, not only play the game the right way, but also mean something off the floor as well because there's so many generations that look for inspiration and it's always pretty cool to see the guys that come into our league and they said a favorite player growing up was LeBron James. That means something to me because I feel like it has so much more to do than just playing the game of basketball. I hope it was also how I inspired him off the floor. You know, how to keep, how to break the narrative of keeping your friends around, you know, and, and them being able to, you know, work a room without my presence, um, you know, being able to, you know, give back to your community in a way if you feel passionate about it. Um, I've held that, that, that title of um, the ambassador leave for nobody, nobody ever told me to do it, but I felt like um, if I wasn't going to do it, who was going to do it? So I took that with a lot of responsibility and I'll continue to do it till I'm till I'm done playing the game. And 
it'll fall in the hands of the next one, whoever that may be. So we, we'll see. Appreciate it, guys. Hi, Seth. David from Italy. Um, hi. Hello. Uh, you have the Kobe Bryant MVP award there. Um, but that, does it add something extra, extra for you to win this trophy and also being on the 75 team? What does it mean for you? Yeah, this is this is definitely special. The first year, um, you got to honor Kobe and his life and his legacy with this trophy. You know, all the thought that went into it. Um, I can't spit it off the top of my head, but I know that everything on this trophy means something in terms of his life and what he represented, accomplishments on the court, and to have it be an all-star MVP trophy and... Um, You know, for it to be the first one, it definitely makes it special. I've only won one, and to have this one, you know, have a special place at my house. And um, like you said, the, the 75 thing uh, or list and the ceremony was very surreal, for sure. Especially, I know for me and the rest of the active players that are on that list, it's obviously a dream come true, but it's something that you don't really get to appreciate until that moment at halftime and you see everybody walking out and you understand where you are in the history of the league so it's pretty special over on your far right the back row hi Steph Todd Edelman Cleveland Columbus Jewish News uh, when you were first introduced obviously the Cleveland fans still had all your performances performances and wins from the finals in mind but what was it like as the game went on and you kept making all those threes to be in Cleveland and hear the Cleveland fans cheering so loudly for you I didn't hear the cheers. <laughs> nah, it's uh, I obviously have a lot of history in this building. You know, won a lot of games, lost a lot of games, everywhere in between, and um, it it obviously means there's history here, and fans, I think, appreciate it. But uh, it comes out in the form of booze, and I enjoy it because it's not the first time, the last time, and take some energy to boo so you got to care a lot to, to do that so I try to channel that into the performance tonight and just have fun with it and I got hot early and kept it going and try to put on a little bit of a show and the joy started to come out and hopefully everybody appreciated it <clears throat> Joe in the middle Joe Varden from The Athletic hey Steph um, someone along those lines but You know, you also have this long history with LeBron, and of course, we've all talked at length about you being born in the same hospital as him, and so you're from Akron too. So, do those two components make winning the MVP of the All Star Game in Cleveland a little more special? Yeah, I kind of I told him on the court after the game it was kind of a perfect ending. I was I was chasing that extra two or three points, um, and I think Demar hit a big shot. And then he came out, hit the game winner, and it was kind of a perfect ending. Obviously, I got the MVP. I played well the whole night. He hit the game winner. Like I said, all the history of our series and the the Akron uh, ties and um, you know all that kind of going into how the night went. So it was pretty – can't really draw it up any other way. It's pretty uh, right on the nose of how it should go. Over here on your left side? Right here. You, you, Steph, you've been a big supporter of HBCUs. Can you kind of talk about the HBCU Classic and what it meant for the, the league to actually have that for the first time this year? That was huge. I think um, 
anytime you can create an opportunity to put team, you know, two universities and basketball programs on stage like that in a weekend, like like uh, All Star Weekend, is is important um, in terms of representation, in terms of uh, just a first class experience for those athletes. And to highlight how special those uh, HBCUs are and how special all HBCUs are, it piggybacks off the work that I know a lot of players are doing in terms of investing, giving back, creating opportunities and awareness, you know, throughout the course of the year. You know, myself, obviously, with, with Howard and the golf team and, you know, CP's done a lot in terms of highlighting a lot of, you know, different HBCUs and, that game was, there's a lot of energy. I went in the locker room and talked to the guys before the game, and you could tell how important it was um, for them to go out and have fun. But we told them to enjoy this experience because you're um, shining a light on, uh, you know, what going to these you know programs means and, and how you're going to impact the world as you go out, as you leave. And um, you're going to create a, an inspiration for somebody to put that on their radar of, you know, maybe that's a, a good opportunity for them to pursue, um, you know, as they go, as they, they're picking colleges. So everything about it was, was, was awesome. All right. That was LeBron James and Steph Curry. I actually do like the way that the uh, game is formatted now. It's really hard to kind of have a competitive game from quarter one to quarter four, but at the very least in this new, like golf star game setup, you have an exciting, competitive, good fourth quarter, and that's all you can ever hope for. Uh, it's a heck of a lot better than the Pro Bowl and some of these other <laughs> games, these these terrible all star games. So that was a ton of fun, and now we get ready for the not so much the second half of the season, but uh, the completion of the season, and we'll get into why um, there is maybe some reason for hope in Los Angeles. Uh, this week, but that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about it, brother got smoked by a fiend. Trying to floss on him, blind to a broken man's dreams. A hard lesson, court cases keep him guessing. Plea bargain ain't an option now, so I'm stressing. More to be free than a life in the pen Making money over cuss words Writing again Learn how to think ahead So I fight with my pen Late night down sunset Like in the sin What's the worst they can do To a player got me lost in hell To live and die in LA On bail My people say Thank you for listening to Believe You can show support to your host By subscribing to the show And giving us a 5 star rating On your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.